Hello and welcome to the Nauru Fastcast with your hosts, Dave and Josh Masson. Pull up a chair and listen to us discussing fasting and health-related topics. Hi there and welcome to episode 12 of the Nauru Fastcast. So what have we got in store for you today? So today's episode is basically about sort of me-search. I always sort of find the best research is me-search. You know, it's best to sort of find a problem that you can't answer in your own health journey and then look into it and see if it works. If it works for you, then it's good to share. And this is kind of what we do with the Nauru Fastcast. And with all the stuff we do with Nauru, it's very much about Josh and I hitting hurdles and finding things that help us and sharing them. The biggest focus that we have in Nauru is to understanding that these hurdles don't just uh, require one solution. They are a stacking effect. You know, uh, keeping my body shape, keeping in, you know, sleeping well and all the things that I find, they are born from having like a really strong uh, morning routine, which helps me with the nighttime routine. I'm lucky enough that I can get up in the morning with a lot of energy. I go to bed extremely quickly when it sees my head hit the pillow and I wake up in the morning with a lot of energy. I have the day with a lot of energy. I go to the toilet okay. I have constant energy. I, I just don't feel unwell at all during the day, which is great, but it's taken a long time, a lot of um, changes to get to that point. And I find that my morning routine over the last two years has been getting up in a fasted state. Um, I find fasting this has been the core foundation for everything that I've done. And when I stop that, I really noticed a massive difference. So lately I, I, I changed it. I I thought, uh, do you know what? I want to try and put a bit of uh, body weight on and I wanted to sort of uh, grow a muscle mass. So I started lowering down my fasting window from uh, 16 to 19 hours, usually I kind of go for, and down to about 14 hours. So my usual week is Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I will do between sort of 17 and 18, 19, 20 hours of fasting. And then the rest of the week, I go down to my normal, typical kind of um, 16 hours, 17 hours of fasting. And then kind of on the Sunday, I kind of, you know, I call it eat when, which is when hunger naturally ensues. I kind of just, I, I just eat when I feel like I need to eat really on the Sunday. I don't really have a specific goal. But for me, I find it's one less thing I need to worry about getting up in the morning with a busy schedule. Um, but I kind of stack that. So I start fasted. I have my electrolytes in the morning. Uh, well, I start drinking them in the morning, which then I delay my coffee intake with. I go outside, I try and do a bit of exercise in the morning and I'll also make sure that I'm getting a bit of sunlight in the morning as well and it just sets me up for the day. Um, and I haven't really found anything else that sort of I really need to add in. Oh, the cold showers, sorry, and then a bit of grounding. So those types of things I kind of add in, but that's enough for me to be able to do it but without having to stress. And what I kind of thought was I was going along thinking, well, as I said, I reduced my fasting window down and I just felt I kind of getting my, my bloating back again. I just felt that I just sort of, I felt I just wasn't feeling good. And the problem is, is when you try and consume more calories to sort of gain more mass, you end up, you know, having to default to calories that aren't so good for you. And I was just feeling bloated and full all the time and I just wasn't really working for me. So back up to my normal 
um, sort of schedule and I just feel better for it personally um, and I kind of think well I could look a bit bigger I could have a bit more muscle mass but yeah I'd have to sacrifice sacrifice feeling good during the day and just not having any of these problems which is a real sort of um, uh, luxury really to have so as we sort of talked about the stacking effect one of the big things I found is is, is losing a bit of time to be able to go out and do long bouts of exercise uh, struggling at the moment obviously running two businesses having families and friends and just fitting it all in I do three um, sort of 14 hour days in a row and then when it comes to and I sort of struggle so I might do a little bit of workout at the end of those days but it's difficult because I'm really trying to make sure that sleep is a real core of my health because it's something that I I very don't I don't focus on very often. It's easy for me to stay up late and not to focus on sleep, but I know the benefits of it. So I've been incredibly strict. And doing that then means something sacrifices. And usually it's a workout at the end of the day, which is the one that goes. So I found this information, which is um a study done on over 22,000 people and it's a self-reported study so we have to sort of be mindful about um I'm mindful of that but still 22,000 people is a lot of people to to study and what they basically did is they it's it's called vilpa okay so it's vigorous intense uh, lifestyle physical activity okay and they found the what would the effect be of that on non-exercising individuals Okay, and they basically wanted to find out what was the risk. What was the? It was there any reduction in risk uh, to cancer? Okay, now amazingly, they found that there was an eighteen to twenty-two percent reduction in cancer when followed up in these people that had implemented this VILPA. Okay, now this was a great study to find because this is just me. You know, I walk up the stairs. I'll probably. Sp- you know, sprint up the stairs, I'll get to the top of the stairs and I'll do sort of 10, 15 pull-ups on my pull-up bar and I'll be brushing my teeth and I'll be doing some squats or I'll go downstairs and in the corner of the um, kitchen, you know, where, where it makes like a 90 degree angle, I'll do some, you know, 20 or 30 sort of, um, uh, you know, push-ups on it. And I'm just constantly doing little things because in my mind, I'm like, if I can't do the full 30 minutes of my exercise in one go at the end or in a part of the day, at least through the day I've, I've achieved that because the kind of guidance around the 150 minutes of exercise is pretty strong. You know, it gives you a, a 32% reduction in all cause mortality, which basically means it lowers your risk of dying of anything by 32% exercising does. So for those 30 minutes of, you know, moderate or vigorous exercise. So you can take that and do 30 times one minute of that during your day or you can do it all together in one go it doesn't specify if it's done in one part or if it just has to be done throughout the day and then those 150 minutes throughout the week so when they also they look and i've said this before but when they also look at how does that what happened if you did 600 minutes a week well it actually only gives you an extra eight percent reduction in your risk so you could look at that and say well actually trying to just fit it in you know it's all these things you know if, it, if you can't do them they're not going to give you the benefit so it's about how does it work with my routine my lifestyle to make sure that I can fit these things in and it, you, you, know, you don't have to think I've got to get changing gym gear and I've got to go and sit on an exercise bike or do something every time to make it count these things can count as this study is going to show in small bounds okay so the the mean times so or the, the the sort of the average amount of time that was actually dedicated was around uh, 3.2 to sorry 3.4 to 3.6 minutes 
Okay, so a little short bounce of three and a half minutes led to this reduction. And then when they actually when they actually looked at it and found that people that did up to four point five minutes um, for these uh, little micro workouts, they actually benefited from around about thirty two percent reduction in um, cancers. So. That is massive. So when you're thinking, shall I do this workout? Shall I not? Um, oh, it's only you know, it's only a few squats. It does compound. You know, in, in another for a sort of phrase I've heard about it is like my is um, uh, workout snacks. You know, and I quite like that. You know, doing a little bit of workout, doing some work, getting up, doing a little bit of exercise, get the blood flow going. You know, I always recommend the patients that they should be active for ten minutes in every hour, um, and maybe potentially that's a little bit overkill maybe actually I could be recommending I'm thinking about it um you know three to four minutes because I mean 10 minutes of activity in every hour is quite a lot so on reflection maybe I should be saying look even if you get up and walk up and down the stairs you know enough to sort of make you a bit puffed um you know for three minutes then that's fantastic that is going to have a massive impact if you're not exercising very much at all in your day and it's difficult you know I've done a bit of podcast prep today and I've been sat down for like an hour and a half straight and it's I'm now sort of doing the podcast stood up because I've just been sat down and I need to sort of stand up but you you know it's very easy to get engrossed in something and to um, you know to sort of do things at the detriment of what you know what your body kind of really uh, needs to do which is be up active dif- different sort of sitting standing positions etc so Today, I thought that was a really, really interesting uh, thing to really basically discuss because I feel like anybody can kind of give that a go and I feel like anyone can kind of uh, achieve that. So as we said before, you know, just getting just getting some movement in is super important. Now, the other thing I want to talk to you about today is um, wireless headphones. Very interesting because... Um, our son sometimes listens in the evening time to some meditation and I'd heard that there's a potential for non-ionizing um, radiation which is a sort of um, emitted from Bluetooth devices could be uh, uh, could pose a risk on health. So I thought to myself, well, well my son Harvey's going to bed listening to these headphones um, and I sort of use them sometimes to listen to I've, I've had wireless headphones they've just broken and actually I made the decision to go hmm so am I going to go back to the lead or am I going to go back to, to, to a wireless to, to, um, wireless headphones and I got back to a lead and it is such a pain <laughs> it's such a pain having them I, I you know um, and I think with a lot of things around health is that we kind of always go oh wireless headphones are bad for us right I'm not going to use them which is basically what what I did and it kind of made me reflect on it because we talk about this a lot about how yes you're right but it's also about the stacking of all the other things you're doing you know if I'm not if I'm wearing wireless headphones all the time and I'm listening to music 24 7 or if I'm you know not exercising I'm overweight I'm not fasting I'm doing all these things that I know that I should be doing but I'm not doing any of it and I'm sitting with laptops on my lap and doing all these types of stuff, then maybe actually it's a part that I could just change and it could be quite easy. So I think, again, you know, you've got, you kind of have to sit back and think, yes, we are in a very um, toxic, polluted world, unfortunately, in, in what we live today. And we have a lot of external things that are impacting our health. So to mitigate as many of them as you can when you're conscious of them and you know about them probably sounds like a good uh, way to go about to be honest um, but again I think it's just about 
being honest with yourself and seeing what really works. But it was an interesting thing to look at. And after this, you may think you might want to stop them. So basically, in 2015, there was an article written by 250 researchers in this area to the World Health Organization, the United Nations, stating that the concerns about non-ionizing electromagnetic fields, so EMFs, okay, and it's it's basically emitted by wireless devices. So you're walking around with your phone in your pocket, um, laptops, televisions, Bluetooth devices. And the issue they had was that um, the radiation, the, the level of radiation that was emitted from certain devices, they actually said that what was stated in the literature, the level at which the radiation was deemed safe in the literature they're saying that actually it had an effect on biological systems at a lot lower level so but it was interesting 250 you know, researchers were in that field writing you know over eight years ago stating the problem is something that's it's something to to, to be significant about you know something to take interest in i think so Basically, you know, Bluetooth, well, you know, we all know that it links up, um, you know, short distances to devices and it does emit a very low um, frequency. So if you're looking at it compared to a mobile phone, a Bluetooth device would, you know, headphones, for example, maybe be emitting at around about 2.5 megawatt versus a phone that would be probably be 100 times that. So the ele electromagnetic radiation can occur from, like I said, um, headphones, or it can occur from um, televisions, your iPhone, etc. And so the difference between non-ionizing radiation is that it can't, doesn't have enough power to move electrons, okay, from the atoms, whereas ionizing radiation can. But so you, there has been a lot of anecdotal studies showing this. Now we've talked in the past about from the podcast about grounding and what they have been sharing is that when you are using non-ionizing radiation they can measure the zeta potential which is the uh, which is the charge on the outside of a blood vessel so we want the blood vessels to be charged to repel each other so they don't cause clotting and when that charge gets re reduced obviously the red blood cells become more sticky and there is anecdotal evidence well actually it's been shown actually that you can measure the zeta, zeta potential of a red blood cell um, when grounded and non-grounded and the charge goes um, so the the charge goes down basically when you're non-grounded when you go when you're grounded so it's, it's an interesting thing and they've basically shown the same thing when using non-ionizing um, radiation devices so EM, devices that emit EMF, such as phones, headphones, things like that. And anecdotally, people have shown that when they're wearing the headphones and when they're not wearing the headphones, the zeta potential changes. So again, the, the kind of evidence isn't there yet, but maybe it's something that, you know, if, like I was saying about my son, you know, he was listening to a meditation every night uh, and he was using his wireless headphones. Maybe that's something I might just put on uh, rather than have it having it him having his headphones on so you know when we think about that you know the laptop sat on our genitals the phone sat in our pocket next to our genitals and the reason why you know you might want to think about 
you know, you can get these EMF protecting mats that you can put underneath your laptop that stop the radiation going down into your genitals because we know with, especially with sperm count, is affected massively by temperature. So it's something to be mindful of. Um, again, if you're spending hours with your laptop on your lap, something to be mindful of. You walk around with your phone in your pocket all the time. And they realise that the, the reason for the wireless headphones is that that non-ionising radiation, that, that heating effect that it can have in the uh, sort of cells, you know, close to the head is reason why that they're kind of thinking that maybe ear pods aren't such a good thing. And obviously the other big thing is electric blankets. Electric blankets and saunas are two big emitters of non-ionizing radiation. Now, in a way, sauna therapy is a very good way to protect against it because obviously you're causing a local, you know, you feel how hot your phone can get or your laptop when it's working. And that radiation is changing the kind of, uh, through obviously the ionizing radiation, non-ionizing radiation, the um, makeup of the cells. And when we go in the sauna, we produce heat shock proteins, which help to stabilize the outside of the cells and protect the mitochondria from oxidation, things like that. So they actually have shown that potentially having, you know, doing sauna therapy regularly can help to make your cells more resilient against the non-ionizing radiation effects of things like your headphones, your cell phones, using a laptop on your lap and things like that, which I think it's quite interesting. Not everyone has access to a sauna, so you could take that from that. Well, I'm trying not to keep my phone in my pocket as much. I'm, I won't work with my laptop on my lap. I'll probably put it on the desk and then sit underneath it. Um, you know, those types of things. Maybe try to use a plug-in headphone while you're sat doing work for hours. If you're out on the train or you're doing some running, put your wireless headphones in because it's impossible to run along with, you know, a lead flapping around your head while well, I find it is anyway. So... Yeah, hopefully that sort of is, is quite interesting. There's obviously so much information around about sort of, you know, toxicities and, and, and getting um, sort of things that can affect your health all over. And I think it's about understanding what the, what is the complete risk, what are the kind of potential risks, and just seeing whether it's something you do all the time. If you sit there for hours and hours, you know, listening to music every day while you're working, maybe you should think about putting a plug-in uh headphones and take away your wireless ones if you're just sat at a desk working you know it, it's just something to think about but again these compounding things you do every day for your health whether it's positive or negative have a stacking effect and over uh, many years will either have a positive or a negative effect on your lifestyle or what on your health outcomes so again Hope you've really enjoyed today's episode. Um, I'd love you to go and check out our brand new website that we have got. And I'd also love you to go and have a look at our new blog section. And the most thing I'd like you to go and do is to go and check out our brand new product, Naru Revive, which we have which we will be launching very, very soon. All the information about the product is on there. You can read the blogs we've written on there, all the scientific research and literature on there, and we will keep you updated about when that is live to go, and you can go and purchase it, and we'd love you to go and give us some feedback. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. I uh, hope you have a good week. Mm-hmm.